What's up, everybody? Michael Nettemeyer here with Joe Geary, and we are your host of the Witwin Podcast, whatever it takes, whenever it's needed. Joe, what are we talking about today? Uh, so we're going to talk about the market a little bit and uh, how it's adjusting. Yeah, market's definitely adjusting. So one of the things to keep in mind right now is as the market adjusts, you have to really be good at pricing homes if you're a realtor and selling a house. So the market's adjusting in a couple of ways. One of the ways we're seeing is interest rates are going up. Now, Joe and I were just talking about this before we got on. If you look at the interest rates right now, from a historical perspective, our interest rates are still right in line with underneath the historical average, if you will. So something to, keep, something to think about that we thought was you know kind of comical, Joe and I were talking about for the decade of the 1980s, the interest rates averaged about 16%, give or take. For 10 straight for years. For 10 straight years, yeah. yeah. So from 1980, the average interest rate in 1980 was 13.74%. And then think about this, 1981, we're sitting at 16.63%. That's the average for the whole year. 82, 16.04%, 83, 13.24, 84, 13.8, goes on and on and on. Finally, 1990, well, I guess 1987, 86, we started hitting in the 10s, right? So, so from 86 to 91, 91's when it finally dipped under double digit, which is nuts if you think about it. And guess what? People were still buying houses. People were still selling houses. Houses still were selling. So don't use the rising interest rates as a reason to not keep your business going because that's what a lot of people are going to do, unfortunately. They're going to say, oh, interest rates are high. Stuff's not selling. I'm going to pack it in for the year. I'm going to pack it in. I'm going to go get a different job. I'm going to go do something else. Don't use rising interest rates as a reason not to succeed. Figure out ways to succeed in spite of interest rates. So what we're going to talk about today is in order to get a listing sold, you have to be able to price it correctly because everybody knows if you price a home too high, especially in a market where inventory is starting to tick up or rates are ticking up, if you sit it, price it too high, it's going to sit there and it's not going to sell and you're not doing your seller any service by letting the house sit overpriced. So in this instance today, what we want to talk about is if, if Joe's going to be the agent, if I'm a seller, I want a higher price than what the comparables show. How does Joe defend that price and get the seller to agree that pricing the home correctly is their best move because typically if you price it too high you're going to end up end up losing a lot of money because people are going to come in they're going to look at it they're going to say nice house not interested the price is too high you're going to start chasing the market you're going to end up with less than you would have had you priced it correctly do you agree with that joe yeah 100 percent. and i think it's big too to mention like you said earlier the interest rates are definitely rising they're the highest they've been in about over a little over 10 years so it's definitely a little bit of a shell shock for a lot of agents because most people in this industry haven't been in the industry, you know, 10, 20 plus years. Even myself, I've only been in it for a little over four years. And it is kind of a shock because when I got into the industry, rates were around like four or 5%, which was pretty normal at the time. And now they're going, you know, a lot higher. So I think a lot of people are saying, oh, shoot, I don't know what to do. And we're shifting into a skills based market, which with listings, it's been super easy the last year and a half, two years to sell a listing because most of the time there'd be an abundance of buyers just at the door wanting to get in the house, buy the house. They don't care what price because money's so cheap. They'll pay whatever price they need to get it. Yeah, you're right. And so, so I just looked at something. 2018, when you got in, the average for that year, 4.54%. So that's a super low rate right yeah, there. Yeah, it's terrific, right? And Joe and I were just talking. We both should have bought – Joe just bought his first house and um, we both said we should have bought houses last year. So interest rates last year, 
right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. <clears throat> you know, everyone was worried last year about overpaying, and they weren't looked at at the rate. Now they're worried about the rate, not necessarily about over. Now it's so. The thing is, there's always a good time to buy and sell. There's always a good time to succeed in real estate. And to your point, Joe, we're shifting into a skills based market where you have to do more than just put a sign in the yard, put it in the MLS, price it within the realm of possibility. It's not going to sell now. It's going to sit there. And if you don't have the tools to be able to have the conversations up front to prepare your sellers for this market, to prepare them that the price they want is the price that they maybe aren't going to get. Right. So we have to show them what the house is worth and how we're going to get it sold. And the way we do that is being able to defend our pricing on the listing presentation when we're talking about it. So that's what we're going to run through before we dive into some scripting on this. Joe, do you want to anything else you want to hit on? Yeah, and I was just going to say too, it's important to have a conversation similar to what we're having right now with your sellers because you have to let them realize that hey, we're not in the market that we were six months ago or even twelve months ago. The market is drastically different. So just because you saw your neighbor's house across the street or next door to you sell for fifty thousand dollars back in February, you're last year back in March doesn't mean you're going to be able to get that same price because quite honestly, the interest rates affect pricing quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They have a large influence on the pricing. So usually whatever the rates are right now is going to have some direct correlation with what the prices are. Totally is. And that's a great point. Something that sold in January, the pricing is going to look different today. So in January of this year, the average interest rate was 3.45%. That's almost... Over double that. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's over double now, um, close to right. And so yeah, because it's I guess it's over seven now right now, isn't it? Yeah. So and that's one thing we say too is for every one percent that an interest rate rises, a buyer loses ten percent buying power. So if the rates have gone up over three percent, most buyers out there have lost over thirty percent in buying power. Yeah, it's huge. which is huge. Yeah, hundred or five hundred thousand dollar house. That's a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in buying power that per, that buyer's lost. So they're looking at like three hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars houses now, which is a huge difference. Yeah, and if they were looking last year, they're over five hundred. Now they're like, wait a minute, three fifty a house looks way different than a five hundred house, at least in our market here in St. Louis. So keep that in mind. Interest rates in January three point four five percent, February three point seven six percent, March four point one seven percent. They've been going up steadily ever since. So if a house sold in January. It may not be, and it's a comparable. We need to take that into account when we're preparing our comparables too to go talk to a seller, because pricing now is different. And that's one thing too that I've been doing. A lot of our team's been doing lately is when you're looking at comparables for homes, don't look back that far. Mm-hmm. Like obviously look at them and know what's going on, but you're going to want to look at sales that might be the last, you know, 60, 90, 120 days out versus the entire year because the rates definitely are going to affect the price as well as we're starting to see the inventory tick up slightly. It hasn't gone up drastically, but it's starting to tick up and, and we're probably likely going to see that happen a lot next spring when everybody hits the market on the spring and the homes aren't selling as fast as they used to sell. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's a good point. It's a very good point. All right, Joe, let's dive into this. So Joe, so I'm playing the seller. Joe's the agent. He is going to – now, something we do with our team that we teach here is with pricing, we utilize a model. And essentially what we do is we pull number and a value – basically, it's called a real AVM from the tax record, which is going to give you a price. It's going to give you a price of the property. There's a realtor property report, which gives a um, – it's a realtor valuation model that we pull. This is all tied into the, to the MLS. So our team pulls this number as well. We pull this estimate. One of the reasons we teach to pull this estimate is because the general public looks at this estimate. Even though the confidence score typically isn't that high, we have to give it some validity because it's a number that's published publicly that the seller is going to look at. 
and then we do price per square foot analysis. Now, of all four numbers, price per square foot is probably going to be the most accurate because that's actually gauging comparable homes in the neighborhood. And the other three models are, are kind of an algorithm that they've never stepped foot in the home. They've never seen the home. They're just basing it on home values, increase and decrease in pricing in a range. So of the four, the square foot's going to be the most accurate typically. But if you add all those up, all four, divide by four, it's going to give you a price that is within the realm, typically one to two percent of where we find in our experience, our team, where properties will sell. So in this instance, we just put a fake property, but what we did was the AVM is $302,000. The RPR and the RVM uh, is $280,000. The Zestimate is $351. The square foot analysis is $296, which gives us an updated condition fair market value price of $307,250. So this home should be priced, say, somewhere between $300,000 and $310,000. I'm the seller banking on the Zillow price. I want $350,000 for the house. So Joe's just delivered his listing presentation. He's gone through the comparables, and I'm a seller now that still has not um, – I'm still not buying the fact that my house is worth $300. I want $350 because that's what Zillow says. So we're just going to run through some different scenarios here and see how it goes. So let's roll, Joe. Perfect. All right, Joe. Um, yeah, I, I like the comparables you showed me. You know, Thanks for sharing all that with me, but – I mean, where do you think I should price my house? Yeah, so Michael, based on all of the information and the market analysis I put together for you, right around 300000 would be a great and competitive price for us to start at. Mm, man, I don't know. I mean, I saw those comps you showed me, and, and I know, but you know, my house is a little bit bigger, and even though it's not as updated as some other ones, I just feel like with this market, there's nothing for sale in here right now. And you know, and Zillow says it's worth three fifty one. So I mean, don't you think we could at least try it at three fifty and see what happens? So it sounds like you want to start at three fifty. I do. Okay, and what's important about that three fifty to you? Uh, I just need to get the most money possible. So the house we're buying next. I mean, I'm gonna. Um, I need every dollar from this for the down payment. So I just the most I can get out of this, the better. So wouldn't it be? Oh, I didn't do the. Uh, sorry, guys. Rookie move. Didn't put my computer on. Do not disturb. Hang on. All right, there we go. So, Joe, you know, I just need every uh, every dollar I can get. So, if I can get, you know, can we just try to three fifty? Yeah, Michael, I'd love to try to three fifties. Now, I see the estimate says three fifty one. If we took out the estimate, is there any other data or anything else that you've seen that would indicate or justify a three hundred fifty thousand dollar price tag for your home? No, I mean, no. I mean, the other numbers are quite a bit lower, you know. So, no. Exactly, Michael. And my concern with these estimate is that Zillow only has about a one out of four confidence rating score. So that means they're right about your price about 25% of the time. So it's not a very strong piece of data that we can really rely on. So based on all the data that I put together for you, we really should be right around the $300,000 mark. And ultimately that price, that's where we can usually get the most amount of money possible just because we're priced very competitively. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense what you're saying, but what if we just, let's just try it at 350 and, uh, and can we just do that and see what happens? Yeah, I would definitely love to try it at 350 However, what would happen is if we put it on the market for 350 we're probably going to get little to no activity. And the first seven days to two weeks are going to be the best time in where you'll have the most momentum on the market. So if we do 350, we're gonna miss the greatest time that we'll have momentum on the market, and then we'll have to start chasing the market. And the more we chase the market, the lower your price goes. And there's a chance that if we go at 350 and we don't sell immediately, we could end up 
selling for even below 300,000. Would you be okay with taking less than 300,000 for your home? No, I mean, man, I feel like 300's low, so I definitely don't want to go lower than that. Exactly, and that's why we should start at 300 because if like you said, there's no homes for sale in the neighborhood right now, so the inventory is still quite low. Mm-hmm. So for price very competitively at 300,000, there is a chance that you might be able to get a little bit more than 300,000 depending on what the market says about our price. Okay, interesting. Man, yeah, I know. I guess I guess you know, I was looking before you got here. I was just looking at Zillow and I saw 350 and I thought that was probably going to be an accurate number. I mean, can we do a little higher like 330? What's important about 330 to you? Just, this, I mean, I just got to get the most I can. I, I just need every dollar I can. Yeah, I absolutely understand that. And if we look at all of the comparables, Michael, the average price per square foot is about $148 per square foot, well, that, which that puts you at a, exactly $307,000. Mm-hmm. So if we go higher than that, we're going to be quite higher than the average. And are there any updates or anything special about your house that you feel makes it above average? No, I just thought with nothing else on the market right now. You know, it's really, I, I get what you're saying. I understand now 350 is probably not the price. Um, but, all right, I mean, 325? Yeah, Michael, I'd love to do 325, but I think the closer we are to 300, the more money you're going to be able to get and the more people are going to be able to get in the door. And ultimately, the more people we get in the door and the more eyeballs that we have in your house, the more money you're going to net at the end of the day. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, all right, I guess 300. 300 sounds good okay there you go all right cool so there we go good job right a lot of objection there a lot of now will every seller decide on 300 no absolutely not so not every seller though is going to be motivated to sell so something we always talk about is you know i understand if if i'm if i'm dead set on 350 i'm not selling this real quick yeah uh joe you know what i mean your price is too low i'm just another agent said they could get me 350 Okay, so it sounds like you're you're stuck on 350. You have no room to budge whatsoever. Yeah, I just I, I see all your data and everything that makes sense, but I have to get 350 to be able to buy this next house. Okay, Michael, I completely understand, and I'd rather turn you down now than let you down six months from now when your house hasn't sold. Yeah. All right. There you go. Right. So that's just it. So there you go. So I'd rather turn you down now than let you down six months from now from your house hasn't sold. So think about that. That's a powerful statement. Right? That's a very powerful statement. You're willing to walk away. Because here's the thing. You need to be a realtor that's in a position to not need listings, not to want just I need every listing I can get. It's I need listings that are going to sell. And so, and that's educating your seller on that is that, look, I'd rather turn you down now than let you down three months from now or six months from now when the house doesn't sell. And and I get there's another realtor out there that will probably tell you they can get you 350000 In my experience and from all the data I'm sharing with you today, 300000 is the number. Now, I get you need 350 or you want 350, but it's not it's not realistic, right? We don't always get what we want, unfortunately. And so, yeah, I think that's huge to be able to have the ability to walk away because by taking an overpriced listing, and everyone's done it, especially early on in their career because they're excited to get a sign out there. Especially but, when it's like a super high price point. Yeah, when someone absolutely. sees like, hey, the house is worth 300000 and they're like, I want 500000 And you yeah. come back to the office and say, hey, guys, I got a half a million dollar yeah. listing in that. Everyone claps. Exactly. Nuts, and yep. the, yeah. Like what about like one that was on the market expired last year for seven fifty, and now it's priced at one point two five, right? Exactly. So, okay, you just took an expired listing and priced it 500000 more than last year. That it was, yeah. When it would have sold. So, yeah. So thinking about that too, it's very important that, you know your pricing, you're able to defend it, and you're able and you're willing to walk away. 
because I would much rather walk away and then come back and get it three months from now or six months from now when the seller has had time. You know, they're, they're, they're beaten down on, you know, the house sitting on the market, having to have it ready to show all the time, having people come through and not make offers. Now they start to realize that, oh, okay, wait a minute, maybe that realtor was correct. Reality starts to sink in. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. there are many realtors that will just take it to take it and just to put a sign out there. But if you take an overpriced listing, here's what you're doing. You're taking an overpriced listing. You're spending time, money, resources on putting a sign out there, having photography done, doing the marketing, making the calls, doing everything you do to sell a house. And at the end of the day, all you're doing is promoting an overpriced listing that's not going to sell. So being able to price correctly and then be able to defend your price is going to be super important. We're moving into the skills-based market where you have to be able to do these things now. You can't just, to your point, Joe, people that got in the last year or two haven't had to make price reduction calls. They haven't had to defend price. It was like, oh, what do you want to list it for? 400 Great. Let's list it and go. Now you have to be have a skill set to be able to do all this stuff to really succeed in this market. Yeah, I think you have to look at <laughs> listings as like basically there's two types of listings. There's an asset listing and there's a liability listing. An asset listing is one that you get and it's a, at a good price. It's either fair price or maybe just slightly above fair price, but you're very confident you can get it sold. And then a liability listing is one like you just said, where hey, I want three fifty for the house, and you know in the back of your head this house will never sell mm-hmm. anywhere close to three fifty. It's worth three hundred, maybe a little bit less. That would be considered a liability listing. Where, yeah. like you said, it's going to cost you money. It's going to photography you know, whatever signs, everything else, as well as your time. And then also it's going to cause that stress in the back of your head where, hey, this seller is going to keep blowing your phone up. The seller is going to keep calling you. They're going to say, what are you doing? My house isn't selling. You're always going to have that worry hanging in the back of your mind on, hey, this listing isn't selling. And you're going to feel like it's your fault. When in reality, yes, it is your fault. But had you just turned that listing down and said, no, I can't do it because I know it's not going to sell, you wouldn't even have to worry about it at all. And it's never going to sell anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Because they're going to call and say exactly to your point. What are you doing to sell my house? Well, I told you when we met it was fifty thousand overpriced. Exactly. And you made the mistake of still taking the listing, so it's your fault. So it's your fault for taking the listing because you know it's not going to sell. You just took it because maybe you weren't strong enough to have the conversation face to face when you were there. That's why you have to practice these things. That's why you have to practice scripting around everything. It's not just scripting to get the appointment. It's scripting on the appointment. It's scripting. Um, to get price reductions after price adjustments after you take a listing. They're scripting for everything. And the more you practice it, the better you get at it, the more comfortable you get. And it becomes a lot easier to have these conversations because you have confidence behind what you're saying. And you're not just saying it because uh, you think it's like, you know, you're not just saying it like, uh, I don't know, I got tripped up there. But you know what I mean? Like you're not just saying it. You're confident now. You've practiced it. You're not yes. just – You're, you're going to hold the line too. Exactly. Like you're not just going to break and be like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. Because you, you're very confident in your skills and your knowledge of the market. You're not just going to say, okay, I'll just take a knee and you know take the listing. Exactly. Somebody walked by our office and looked in, so it threw me off. That's what happened there. So we have a glass window here and somebody just stared at us. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> lost my train of thought. Good point. So – that's the power of practice in this. And, and I'm telling you, this market's going to get tougher before it gets easier. It's going to get tougher from the standpoint of it's going to get tougher to win listings. It's going to get tougher to price correctly. It's going to get tougher on having conversations. But the people that are prepared are going to do really, really well. If you're prepared, you're always going to do well. The people that aren't prepared, and the people that are just kind of doing this, like come in, work a little bit, you know, they don't take it serious, they're not getting better at their skill set. Those are the people that are going to suffer in this market because this is going to be an extreme skills-based market that you're going to have to get good at this stuff if you want to thrive. 100%. I'd say one thing too is study the market. Don't just like go in your real estate office, make some phone calls, you know, 
add some leads to your database and then leave, like study the market, like know what's going on, know what the interest rates are at, know where they're heading. So in that way you can inform the consumer because a lot of agents don't even know what's going on. Right. Like we've even had agents too. They're like, what are interest rates today? Mm-hmm. Like you should know this every single day. You should be looking all the time. That way when you're talking with sellers, you're talking with buyers, you can be the expert and the informed person on guiding them how to make the best decision yeah. instead of just someone saying, Oh, I'll have to check and see what the rates are. I don't really know what's going on in the market. It's just a crazy market. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, the market's horrible. Well, the market's never really horrible. The market, it's like anything in life. Like it has its ups and it has its downs, but it always over time goes up. Exactly. And to your point about knowing interest rates, and so that should be something you look at almost daily, at least weekly. Know what rates are. A couple of things I would say that every realtor should know. Months of inventory. How many months of inventory? What months of inventory is, is basically if no new homes hit the market today, in, a, in one month, if there's one month of inventory, if no new homes sit today in one month, they're all gone. So anything under about five months of inventory is considered a seller's market. For a lot of markets, we've been sitting at under two months, which is a very, very strong seller's market. Now, above like five-ish to six is kind of balanced. Anything over six, we're talking about uh, a strong buyer's market. So I would definitely, as realtors, advise you for numbers to know interest rates, Months of inventory, you should know how many homes went under contract this week, how many homes have sold this year, how many active homes are sitting out there. And these are all stats. If you have the MLS, you could probably get in there and there's a stats section on most of them, I would imagine. And you can pull those data. But just know what's going on in the market right now. And, and it's just going to make you sound intelligent. When no, it takes ask. five minutes, too. It it's not going to take you no. like five hours. Yeah. It, it takes five minutes to sound like you're an expert who's mm-hmm. been doing this for 20 years yeah. versus some lazy guy who's just going to like – wing it or say, yeah. yeah, I'll have to find out. I don't know. And it makes them look like a novice. Exactly. Yeah. Five minutes. You pull up some stats. You don't have to be an economist. You just have to be able to articulate a little bit of like read numbers basically. Then when somebody asks, how's the market? You know what? Interest rates are up a little bit and there's only a two month supply of inventory. That means if no new homes hit the market in two months, they'd all be gone. We're in a really strong seller's market. Last week, 1400 homes went under contract, right? Just being able to articulate some things to let people know because what people see The general public, they see national news most of the time. They see national news on national market, national real estate market. So it's doom and gloom. They see like states like, you know, the West Coast that have massive amounts of appreciation, massive amounts of depreciation. So they're seeing national that the market's terrible. And your market, the market might be fine. The market houses might be selling like in our market. It's pretty stable. Interest rates are up, sure. And we've had thousands and thousands, like 70,000 transactions between buyer and seller. It's a lot of transactions. If all you need is 30 to make a good living, there's plenty of opportunity. So don't focus on the headlines. Don't focus on, oh, the market's terrible. Focus on what you can control. And what you can control is how to become the best real estate agent possible. How do I, and this is in the industry, honestly. Any industry, how do you become the best in your industry? And I guarantee it's like this probably in every industry right now. Yeah. Like there's some difficulty or some adjustment being made. So it's all about like who has the most skills and who's the most knowledgeable. Absolutely, it is. It always will be. Marketplace loves somebody that's prepared, and it's gonna and it's gonna just mess up people that aren't prepared. And people that aren't prepared are gonna get out of the business. And I think it's kind of like just taking off the veil and seeing who the real professionals are, and just seeing who ones that have been faking it or trying yeah. to make it are. Just the practitioner and the yeah. and the, uh, and the professional. professional right? 100%. So be the pro. Learn from it. Study. Practice. 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 Keep doing that. You're gonna be fine. You'll ride out this market just fine. You'll take more inventory. Take more market shares. People start to pull back and get out of the industry. It's going to be a good opportunity. So keep plugging away. Anything before we hang up here, Jim? That's all we got. That's all we got. So one thing, though, hey, if you get value from this, please share it, like it, subscribe, comment. Um, you know, we appreciate you listening to it. So we'll talk to you soon.